The Niche Podcast Podcast is your backstage pass. This is a conversation with Jeff Bittner. Jeff is the president of Exit Technologies, and Exit Technologies has been running a, a very new podcast. I believe we're in our fourth month of production in this podcast. Jeff is on point, and I make at least two obvious mistakes. The following, I estimated their listening hours at about 10 hours every two weeks. That should have been 10 hours every week. And I could adjust that number to 20 as a conservative estimate. Uh, The output of episodes in the last month for Exit Technologies is through the roof. And one of the interesting points you'll hear in this episode is that after you've been podcasting for six months or a year or two years, you'll see podcast or episodes rather that perform at the top of your list in a given week happen to be the oldest podcasts. So as you put out new content, it refreshes the old content, much like a snowball effect. So there's a a great deal more to the conversation, but I wanted to point out a couple of errors that happened in the first couple minutes. And here's my chat with Jeff Bittner. I just had a great conversation yesterday with an attorney and it was kind of free form just about how she leverages it as a sales tool, as a network tool, how it figures into her marketing plan, which oddly enough, it's literally the only thing she does. She doesn't lift a finger except record podcasts, which probably makes it easy to be a podcaster when you're not doing anything but recording. Um, And so I wanted to open the door to you because you actually have some cool things that have been uh, percolating lately in terms of activity, real world activity, that at a glance sounded valuable to me with regards to, um, I think there was at least one trade group uh, you were talking about, you know, um, uh, industry media, and you've you've paraded some new people through who um, have added really good value. But just want to open the door without any any real specific line of questioning to some of the activity that's happened lately that you would point back to your podcast in terms of like cool industry stuff and cool industry connections. Yeah, so um, I've been to this uh, ITED Summit show uh, a few months ago and met the uh, the person that runs it, and uh, he also owns uh, a uh, uh, an ERP software company that that our company uses to help run our IT assets. And uh, he was pretty excited about it, and uh, he mentioned that he was going to put it on his um, his. Uh, his website, so uh, for his trade shows. So uh, if that does in fact happen, I think that will be you know a really nice uh, marketing tool. Um, I think that we can help each other because he asked if I could, you know, maybe do a, like a panel interview of maybe we do like you know on, on data sanitization or something of that for one of his upcoming trade shows. So I, I think it um, you know we're creating some synergies with it. Uh, I think also that, you know, and you, you had mentioned this, that it does eventually give us uh, more credibility in the marketplace and especially 
uh, with being able to either a get uh, you know a conversation with somebody or b you know ask really high profile people that in the past may not have wanted to have a conversation now uh, with the event that they could be on the podcast to have a conversation. So I mean we've um, you know we recently had a uh, interview with a. Uh, uh, the uh, chief commercial officer of a five billion dollar a year company, so that um, you know was you know kind of worked worked out in our favor there, and it also kind of, uh, which you had mentioned, kind of helps uh, bring us up to the level of some of these really high profile companies when we're talking to them because you know I'm doing the interview and it uh, you know and even in this. Uh, this conversation we had with this $5 billion company three separate times, he mentioned you and I and kind of put me on the same level, which was a really kind thing for him to do. This is we're a much smaller company. So th those kinds of things, you know, hopefully will have a long-term impact. I mean, obviously people would have to, you know, to listen to those too, to be able to get that. And I think that's one of the things that we're starting to work on now is the, how do we kind of um, grow the, the listening customer base, right? Sure. And so here's a, a one of the ways I've looked at that lately in terms of what's valuable. I did as much research as I could on a, one of my other clients podcasts in terms of how many hours they get listened to. And my guess would be you get listened to for more than 10 hours every couple of weeks right now would be my guess. I'm going to skew low because we have only a fraction of available data. So it's easier to just estimate conservatively off of what's available. And for example, iTunes and um, the data we get from Spotify and all these other places. But the one, uh, the one podcast I was looking up, I, I had to I figured out that she she might have between 20 and 30 hours of listening on the low end in a two-week span. And so for an attorney, if she were to look at that as how many 45-minute free consultations is that? And the free consultation, it's really about the person there getting to know you enough. Do they want to give you a, um, a retainer, for example? or you as an attorney wanting to disqualify them. So for her, it's like a mechanism where she gets to extend her intake process out by a step that's automated in terms of people really get to listen to her a lot. Now, her audience, I think, is probably weekly, is probably in the neighborhood of 100 listeners, maybe 200. Again, the data is incomplete, so I'll estimate low. But there's not a single one. Well, no, there's maybe a bunch who are not because I find it interesting. But I know, I'm certain based on the activity around it in the real world that the majority of her audience is other lawyers or people adjacent or the people that she's uh, the guests she's had on their networks. And they're, her guests are all like polygraph people or, you know, private investigators. So it's similar when you bring on someone who's the CEO and it's not quite, they're in, not necessarily in IT, but they've got to take on a circular economy um, conversation. Uh, it 100% relates back to you, but it's, um, I wouldn't be surprised uh, as you go 
if you don't surpass the kind of hours that she's doing because your your volume at two guests a week is going to very quickly move you from you know 30 episodes to like 70 episodes really really quick eight guests is you know so it's, it's I think what happens is you might be interested, Jeff, to find out some of her top performing episodes in the last two months are episodes she recorded a year ago. Really? And so the evergreen nature of the content, and I've said this to you before, and it's a terrible sales pitch, but I really believe if you wanted to quit after six months, I think this work would have more value to you 18 months down the road than it would the day you quit even if you never recorded another episode because the value you get in terms of Google exposure long-term and all these sort of little islands you've built of content that lead to other islands of your content. Now, the best way to refresh it and really grow it, and I'll tell you, this other client I'm referencing would tell you the same thing. The best way to grow it is to be reliable. Always have your podcast coming out. And... I believe you have subscribers because one thing I've noticed is the day or the morning that they're out uh, on the first full day, they usually come out over the weekend and then we quote unquote release them on Monday to the masses once they've syndicated widely. But I noticed I'll take a peek Monday morning and before we've shared it, there'll be four, uh, six listens on three episodes and five listens on the sixth. Wow. Or five nice. listens on three episodes and four listens on the on the fourth. And what I think that represents is people who it popped up in their iTunes or it popped up on their Google podcast and they just hit play and it went from one to the next to the next to the next. Because otherwise I can't explain really how it goes so uniformly. Because at the end of the day, a month later, they won't be uniform at all. Um, hey, hey, just just a couple of quick questions. Um, I guess the first would be how long has the uh, attorney had her podcast out? And then second, because um, I think it's going to be a, a really great podcast is the one that you released, uh, I guess it would be yesterday for Chuck Cicerelli uh, about the uh, lean manufacturing, uh, which the guy was just like, just his information is just is incredible. Uh, I was wondering, I wanted to make sure that we put a bunch of those hashtags in there for lean and, you know, some of those uh, terms that, that might get some other uh, listens. We did title at least one of the videos I know has lean in the title. Um, and I know for sure we've got lean in the descriptive text. And um, so it should, okay. it, sh it should perform. Um, okay. And for sure, if you Google Chuck Seccarelli, I w and then lean processes or, you know, and by the way, he's like an encyclopedia to listen to. The, the, he, 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 doesn't he doesn't make a point without quoting some piece of literature. And he'll, he'll it's, it's, you know, he backs every, this guy's got receipts. When he, he brings a, a, a conversation piece to the table, he's t he'll tell you who wrote the book literally. So he's, so, he is, he's a deep well of knowledge, that guy. So we're actually flying five of us to his manufacturing company in two weeks. And we'll make sure we record some of it on, um, you know, we'll, that we'll get some videos so that we can put up on the YouTube. But he's also got a, uh, a recording studio as well. We might be able to even record after our, he's supposed to be able to spend four to six hours with, with my whole team. And hopefully 
we, we, we might be able to sit down and do a 30 minute podcast and just kind of talk about some of our, the, the, the takeaways that we learned from him. But, uh, you know, the fact that he went from a $360,000 a year tow truck business to, you know, $20 million a year manufacturing company with a brand new $18 million building, a hundred employees. And I mean, it's just, it's a fabulous story. Yeah, it really is a good story. And I think anybody who listens to that, the, the episodes of that conversation on ITAD Talk, your podcast is going to, like I said, it. every time this guy makes a point, he's, he's bringing the receipts. Like he'll mention at least one author and tell you what to go read if you have any more questions about it. Like it's a fantastic, um, fantastic handful of uh, episodes and a good conversation. And there are some statistics he, he throws around in those lean conversations. For example, some of the stats about Toyota and their profit margin. And I want to guess the years again were something like 99 to 04. Or 0, I forget what the year span I, was. I think it was in the year two, uh, two, 2000 something. And it was, I don't know, spanned, I don't know, a six or eight year period or something is what you're talking about. Yeah. Unbelievable statistics. And, um, no, I th- and I think he ties in really to he's a good guy for for your podcast. And um, what I haven't done is is I'll probably in the I'll do an intro for this audio that describes hey this is Jeff he does an iTad podcast and what iTad is. But in thirty seconds, what is your podcast about? So basically, uh, Exit Technologies is an iTad company, so an information technology asset disposal a company. And uh, so corporate America that has all these uh, IT assets sometimes might look for the cheapest way to get rid of the technology. But the problem with that is that the technology is data bearing. So it can have anything from credit card numbers, personal information, pictures, uh, maybe uh, health information and, and so on that's on these uh, these hard drives and what have you. So uh, our company brings that material in and makes sure that it's uh, data sanitized to the Department of Defense standard and uh, that everything uh, that can be resold is liquidated. And so we either uh, profit share with our corporate clients on a, on a revenue share basis or we'll go in and just cash them out if that's what they're looking for. Uh, and one of our primary uh, strengths is in the data center area. So we can go in and just remove, you know, uh, you know, 30 racks, 60 racks of, of servers, you know, Dell, HP, Supermicro, uh, and then, of course, all the networking gear and so on that, that comes along with that. So that's kind of been one of our, our core focus points. But we also do refreshes for uh, hard drives, laptops, notebooks, and desktops, for example. And your audience would have, because of that, your audience would have great value in terms of purchasing power, I'm guessing. Like the people you're talking to in terms of, um, you know, a, a, a corporate entity that you might consult with or that you might deliver service to to help them effectively address those concerns. Those, those can be really deep pockets, um, but I would imagine it's also the type of thing, or I know that even small business, um, you know, the conversation of ITAD would sound unfamiliar, but the conversation of electronics recycling or reuse wouldn't be. Can, can you, in layman's terms, sort of uh, tie that universe together? 
Well, we're, we're kind of um, like with a podcast, we're covering topics like the right to repair. So some of the OEMs, like including Apple, for example, may not want to give you all the information to be able to make repairs. And, and there are reasons for that. Um, you know, they don't want somebody that doesn't know what they're doing to make a repair and sell something that could, you know, potentially, you know, catch on fire with a battery and so on. But at the same time, you know, if, uh, if you or I have gone out and bought something, you know, for a thousand dollars that we should be able to do what we want with that. Right. So, uh, that's one of the issues that's kind of going on. There's a lot of, uh, specialization going on in the ITAD industry, whereas in the past, uh, companies would try to do everything from, uh, you know, bringing in used IT assets and reselling to repair, uh, they might do cell phones and servers and computers and, and so now there's more specialization so like for example how we're kind of specializing more in the data center area so um and the companies that have those core focuses are now working with other itads to offload materials from each other that that whoever has the strengths in that specialization so that's one of the trends uh there's also um the the certification uh, one of the certifications is being r2 certified so that means that uh, every itad company that's certified has an auditor that comes in once a year and goes through our process and basically what that means is that they want to make sure everything's being handled in an environmentally uh, correct manner that materials aren't being shipped to say maybe china and then kids are melting them down you know, with smoke coming up, you know, around their face and to get the precious metals off. So there's there's a, a process where we track the uh, downstream of materials just to make sure that that doesn't happen. And then it goes to a company that's going to recycle those materials in a uh, an environmentally sensitive way. So th those are kind of a few of the things going on in in our industry. How are you picking your guests and have any guests picked you? So um, a couple of people I had relationships with, uh, Bill Hanna that uh, owns uh, Hanna Oil and Gas, I, I had met a few times and uh, was a great guest and explained how their oil company was built by his father drilling one of the largest natural gas wells in Arkansas at that time and created the enterprise value for their company. And it was quite an interesting story. Uh, some of the other... Uh, uh, companies that uh, we have reached out through LinkedIn. Uh, some of them uh, I've met at trade shows. And uh, once more, I mean, I've been in the industry for over 25 years, so I actually know a, a great deal of people. And I also have a uh, an industry consultant, and uh, he's actually put me in touch with some uh, heads of companies also. Are you uh, are you enjoying yourself, or do you find that this brings stress to your week? You know, you I, uh, I, it's probably the the most fun of what I'm doing running an organization. So I seem to really enjoy it. I, I think the hard part was uh, kind of getting my my team to get on board because uh, for for them, there's not like an immediate tangible monetary um, reward. So uh, but, but they're starting to see that the relationship building is going to become an important part of this. And that, that seems to be, you know, after just, I don't know what, what have we been on now? Maybe three and a half months or so. I think, we've... I, th I think 
I think maybe so, three and a half, four. I think maybe it might be four. But okay. I was guessing that the other day. I think it's it's in that neighborhood. So so we're probably just now kind of getting to the point where the circle's coming back, where we've got enough uh, episodes out there and people can see that, hey, this is a real thing. And um, at, um, you know, we're able to, uh, you know, call up, like I said, you know, really high powered executives and, and get their attention. So, yeah, it's finally got to that point. Um, yeah, we have had a couple people reach out to us that are interested on the interested in being on the show as well. I um, oh, man, that's such a nice uh, what a relief to hear you verbalize that it's 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 one of the most fun things you do during the week, because I, I always hope that turns out to be the case. I know that was the case with with um, Meg. And to answer your uh, previous question, she's been podcasting for about a year and a half, but only for a few months has she been hardcore podcasting. It went through various iterations that you would be very glad you didn't suffer through in terms of strategy <laughs> and tactics. Um, right. Yeah, that, that woman suffered through uh, iterations on both hardware, software, and um, strategy. But she's the one who also helped uncover the idea that this is way before it's, I mean, it's digital marketing because you're the SEO and the content that's now on your site performs ridiculously well in, in Google right out of the box. Everything you do, you show up for your guest names for the most part. It's, it's very strong in getting visibility at a glance for the topic slash the guest names or the guest names slash their business names. Um, and that's all great. But the fun part and the part where people reach out to you and the part where you get a random call or email tends to be the opportunity for business networking or referral networking or just, you know, getting to know people and, and building relationships that can lead to referral networking. Um, but well, also yeah. the, the ability to use it as a hardcore sales tool, too, and just pick somebody you want to sell to and say, you know what, I have no relationship with them. Maybe a podcast breaks the ice and maybe six months from now, I've got a full-blown relationship with them. Well, I, I, I really enjoyed too, um, talking to uh, people that have built uh, companies and uh, what their story is and how they got to where they were, how they, you know, solve various problems. Uh, I, I, you know, I really, and, and then also the, the mentoring aspect, you know, like, hey, did somebody help you along the way? And were you able to mentor others as well? Because I think that's a real important part of of what we do as business leaders, uh, both being mentored to get to where we are and also being able to help others. So I think that's really important. Well, and you've focused on that, not just the ITAD conversation, but you've focused, like you said, you've given each of your guests the opportunity to um reveal if they've had mentorship or you know what were their stumbling blocks or challenges and i'll tell you what man you've gotten some great stories absolutely just by and um you know giving them the chance to say you know hey it's you're 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 a big success now what were your stumbling blocks and i think i've heard you use the phrase stumbling blocks more than once but those are great door openers to conversations that really um you know, give them an opportunity to talk about their past, how their vision developed, 
and they always end up sort of having a great effect on who they are as a business person and how they they make their approach to their decision making so i think it's it's very relevant it's it's just a cool way to sort of get those crazy stories like bill hannah's you know striking oil and you know you couldn't you couldn't script that if you were a hollywood writer and so you know if you ask five people who come in you're you're batting pretty pretty high percentages for really cool stories i i don't think that hurts either your podcast to me is very listenable and i i I have no background in itad and i find i have listened to hours of your podcast where i'm not on the clock editing it you know it's in my i'm a subscriber so it pops up like anything else in my google podcast and it's in my rotation um at first it felt weird now it's just another when i'm not working on it it's just another podcast i listen to um somehow i don't even notice that i'm the guy who made that cut i'm just listening to the story because oftentimes the story is so engaging well uh, thank you i really appreciate you saying that it's very kind and you're getting some feedback this is uh kind of a bs question because you've already sent me emails from people who randomly reach out and say hey great i found your podcast you know or there was one that was like i can't believe if you if you'd have told me you were going to do this podcast i'd have said you were crazy but i love it <laughs> like there's been a handful of those um have they led to any specific guests or those people you've kept in touch like yeah. or were those people you knew to begin with i i did an interview with um two of the people from from surrey and they actually uh the i think it's sustainable.org uh, or sustainableelectronics.org. I'd have to look at the, um, their website, but, um, they, um, uh, they actually set the standards for the R2 and, uh, the R2 certifications that were certified for. And so after I interviewed them, they actually, uh, had signed up to, to be, uh, you know, to, to be able to, to get the, the podcast as they come out. So I think that that was a really, um, kind of powerful, uh, statement because they're kind of the um, kind of the I wouldn't call it watchdogs, but but they set the standards for our industry, and they're they're the ones that we all have to attain to these set of standards. So the fact that uh, they wanted to be um, you know on you know be receiving the podcast, I think was 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 really was really neat. So no, that's and it's also I think the more um, I think it's better to have 10 hardcore fans than 100 listeners, because I think 10 hardcore fans turns to 15, turns to 30. And um, uh, ideally, you're attracting people who are very interested in the topic or people who are interested in your guests and their businesses. And um, again, I'm not, you know, I'm not as good a salesman as any of my clients in their industries. I only hope to give them sales tools. You know, it's certainly like a social proof thing. By the time you've ripped through 50 guests, which you're well on your way to um, dozens at this point, it's there's simply no arguing like you. Somebody was on the phone with me the other day and they said, well, I looked around and couldn't find a podcast for my niche. And for the life of me, I wish I could remember his niche. And he said, so I'm just going to be the guy. He said, I'm just going to be the guy. It's really funny you mentioned that because when I was at the, uh, the uh, electronic scrap and reuse, um, uh, the seminar that they had um, last month, 
uh, and I went and kind of introduced the podcast to, you know, maybe a dozen people. And a lot of them said that they had really looked for something like that and it, there wasn't really anything out there. So I, I was kind of surprised that we're kind of filling a uh, need for that. And, and I think one of the things I like to try in the future is to get some more data center uh, guys on. And then also I like to kind of maybe climb into crypto a little bit. And I think that those might be two interesting um, markets. Well, they definitely open doors to conversations for what you do. I mean, there's not, well, no question. It's just that, um, you know, we we buy and sell to a lot of the uh, like like the miners and stuff like that because they're using a lot of this uh, high end data center equipment that we're pulling out. So I'd kind of like to open up our business a little bit more and let them know that, hey, we have these types of components coming in every month that you you guys are utilizing. And then also, if you want to sell some of your stuff, we'll be glad to look at that as well. So maybe have a uh, maybe get a couple data miners on your show. Yeah, I had I uh, I didn't realize you were working direct, but it makes sense. I um, those guys are turning over equipment um, whenever they can make the justification based on efficiencies, right? Correct. Wow, that's so, that's like a dream iPad conversation. <laughs> I mean, there's 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 no question there's a need there. The Niche Podcast Podcast is your backstage pass, available exclusively to marketing professionals and decision makers at nichepodcast.net.